five. Loading. Four. It's a sharing up. And so sorry. Three. Almost there. Two. Cross. And Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan is gone. Oh, can you believe this? One. Here we go. Now. Introducing Sunday League Finest Podcast with your host, David Donis and Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Sunday League's Finest. I know I've had a great week of soccer, great week of life. David, how's your life? How's everything going? Everything is great, man, especially when we're uh, meeting together like this, talking about the sport we love so much, soccer, baby. Um, man, it's just been great. The the Euros, round of 16, is, is off to a hot start. So it's been awesome, man. How was how was your weekend? Yeah, the weekend was good. Uh, had a little bit of a family party. You know, got to watch some good soccer, enjoy time with the family. Um, barbecued, everything everything went really well. Um, so, yeah, can't complain. And you? Um, did you get older by chance? Yeah, yes, I did have a birthday um i'm too old now 26 man 26 26 Woo! you just got your first pubes man uh you wish dude you wish uh, <laughs> need to control them down there it's like a weed wire. what <laughs> <laughs> that's nasty dude um yeah i had a great weekend too dude went to the united game uh, uh you know we didn't get the result we wanted but i uh, had a lot of family go and um, it, it was it was really it was a really uh, fun time tailgating, um, and yeah, just just uh, playing some cornhole, getting my game on. Um, so yeah, I had a great weekend, man. That's good. That's good to hear, man. Uh, it's always good to be able to go and tailgate. Uh, it's definitely an enjoyable. And for those of you guys that don't know, David actually cheated on me. Um, he went on another podcast. So now nah, we definitely uh, want to give him a little bit of a plug. Uh, check out um, it's on YouTube, I believe. Soccerpedia, correct, David? Yeah, shout out to Kai, man. I uh, went on the Soccerpedia podcast last week. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We talked Euros, Copa America. Uh, it's a little bit of everything. Uh, Kai's a cool guy, and uh, you guys actually get to see my beautiful face for once because it's uh, it was on uh, video instead of audio like we normally do. Yeah. So I had a blast, and hopefully, yeah, we can get Kai on our podcast at some point. His face takes up the whole screen, so just be aware. <laughs> <laughs> it really does, dude. <laughs> uh, I got a big head. What can I say, man? It runs in the family. <laughs> all good, all good. Um, well, David, I think the fans want to get into it. A lot, a lot of soccer cover this week, so let's get into MLS Roundup. Is that cool with you? That's good with me, mijo. It's time for MLS Roundup. And... MLS Roundup time. So, David, as always, we give you the first go. So, let us know about the tailgate. Let us know about Atlanta United. And did they break hearts or did they become mm-hmm. heroes? Well, the, t- the tailgate was cool. It was hot as hell. I will say that. Super hot, sunny day. Uh, other than that, I mean, it, it was it was. It's always a good time at the stadium um, with 40,000 other folks there and uh, just cheering on. It's always a great as- atmosphere. Um, sad thing is that, uh, you know, that the team couldn't reward us with the win. Um, the struggles continue, man. Um, since we last met, uh, there was two MLS games. So we went from having a three week drought to having two games in a week. So that's really awesome. Except when you lose one game and probably the worst game Atlanta has played all year. And then you draw again at home. We have six draws out of 10 games now. 
Uh, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, we're definitely missing Joseph Martinez, who is finally now he's coming back out of COVID protocol. And like I predicted, Venezuela is out of the Copa America. So hopefully that starts to 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 produce some goals. Because right now, man, uh, freaking Cubo uh, Torres, dude, this guy, he works hard, but he just is, he, he can't finish anymore, dude. Um, and and we lost Lisandro Lopez because uh, you know his uh, father passed away, so we went back to Argentina. Um, but man, we just we have uh, so many playmakers, but nobody that can get that dang ball past the line and into the back of the net. Isn't it crazy that El Cubo Torres, when he was first coming up, everybody thought he was like the next Chicharito, you know? Because um, he kind of came up the same route, you know, Chivas, and he was scoring goals and. Do his little robotic dance, and yeah, <laughs> now now he struggles often. And hopefully, Atlanta United gets a, a somebody in there that can actually score some goals. Yeah, and I I think the thing is like we out, you know last year Joseph obviously uh, you know he went down with the ACL injury he was out the whole season, so we saw that we need a backup plan for Joseph. You know, not someone to replace Joseph, but just in case somebody that could at least produce half of what he does. And that's what Lisandro Lopez was supposed to be. And I think Kubo was just like the backup to the backup. But since we lost Lisandro unexpectedly, now and now Joseph was out with Venezuela and had also got COVID, we like we had to rely on Kubo. So now it's like we need another forward or another prospect or something that because we can't just rely on Joseph this entire time. I mean, that's that's way too much to put on one player, except Messi. <laughs> well, even him at times, right? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Atlanta United looks like they're bossing in possession, yet they can't score goals. So it's kind of purposeless possession, I guess, really, you know? Except I guess the dude, the, 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 that goes for all the games except the New York City FC game. We actually got dominated for the most part. Um, not dominated, but, uh, it, well, in terms of they had way better op- opportunities, but the possession was pretty much like, you know, Probably 50-50, if not more of them, and their possession was more meaningful than ours. Ours was passing to Brad Guzan for like the 800th time. Um, so I mean, there's there's a lot of work to be done. You could definitely see there's there's pieces there, but I think right now we're struggling with an identity of who we are, and you know, Barco and Moreno are just not, you know, they're not doing as well as they should be for being DPS. Um, so there's a lot of struggles, and I think Heinz is right now he's kind of in the hot seat because. You know, Atlanta United is not supposed to be a club that sits outside the playoffs for too long, um, especially with all the adjustments they made. And that goes for uh, Carlos Bocanegra, too, the technical director, because um, he was in hot water with the Frank DeBoer signing and all the players that got let, let go from the championship team. Um, so things are not swell right now in Atlanta. But you know where it is? Nice. Uh, also nice weather. In beautiful L.A. Well, at least they for, are cruising, bro. At least for the best team in LA. The other LA uh, team has been struggling. But um, LA Galaxy, um, just like Atlanta United, we had two games over the week. One on Wednesday, one on Saturday. Uh, the Wednesday midweek feature was away um, at, quote, uh, Vancouver's home, unquote, because they're playing at Rio Tinsel Stadium. So um, it's kind of interesting. I wonder what fans were there. There were some fans, not many. So I'm kind of curious. Like <clears throat> They're just random, like, Maybe we all saw Lake fans and we're like, hey, why, why not just go catch a game? You know, Galaxy's playing Chicharito. Um, and it was a it was a good game for the most part. Um, I think Galaxy had a, a, a decent showing, not amazing. Um, obviously, Chicharito scored. 
Then I think we defended way too late. We gave up a goal in the 92nd minute. And then Efrain Alvarez with a goal lasso, dude, a banger to save the game. And we ended up winning 2-1. to one. So that was pretty awesome. And then this Saturday was the Cali Clasico. And, dude, all I got to say is California is Los Angeles, dude. Um, California. We own it. Uh, San Jose, that's two games in a row that we've topped them. They, they It was pretty cool because I guess in their stadium um, on the way out is like a, a, a bridge where all the fans are underneath and all the players walk on top, right? Like on the way to the locker room from the grass. And so there's a video of like all the Galaxy players going up and all the San Jose fans were like booing, throwing stuff at them. And Sasha Kleshin like holds his Galaxy shirt and like uh, flaunts it in front of them. It was a pretty cool video that you guys got to watch. But Chicharito got a brace again in that game. And uh, then San Jose scored an own goal. But it's a pretty good game and pretty good showing. So I'm pretty content with LA Galaxy and Vanny and what we're doing. And hopefully our center mid, um, our new French center mid shows up soon. And we're gonna keep on rolling. I think I think there's some co-ownership of California. I would say it's L.A. and uh, Seattle. <laughs> Freaking Seattle, dude. Well, actually, we <laughs> lost to Seattle twice, and we lost to Portland. So we yeah. can't we can't beat those teams, dude. Well, I just have to see if Seattle was. Uh, uh, I think they beat L.A.F.C. I don't know if they've played San Jose yet. Um, I can't recall, but it's definitely a good one. Speaking of San Jose, dude, what do you think Almeida on the hot seat because? They lost 5-0 during the week. Then they lost 3-1 versus us. They're not sitting pretty in the Western Conference. I think, they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're in 10th place. I mean, he's had a couple seasons already. It's like hit and miss. He's up, he's down. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? And speaking of San Jose real quick, is they, they just parted ways with their uh, GM. Ooh, so it's uh, some big... I would think if the new GM comes, he if he doesn't see progress, he's going to want to make some changes, man. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, well, I was speaking with my cousin Michael about this, and he said the only reason he sees that the coach staying is because San Jose is not a, and no offense to San Jose fans out there, not a big club, and they don't want to have to pay Almeida's contract while paying another coach. You get me? Having two coaches basically, mm. you know, because they would have to pay out the remaining of the contract for like two years or whatever. So be interesting but the point yeah san jose definitely um not doing too great do you think it's do you think it's more almeida or just the, the players he has to work with potentially both but i always remember san jose being a little bit more competitive with wando well, wando started dude and wando he, he started yeah that's your problem he's 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 not a starter anymore dude. well he he didn't start the last time we faced him he started this game it was kind of weird they He's do have that just... one, um, what was his name? The young 17-year-old that got the goal. Dude looks pretty impressive. Um, he He's actually from um, Mexican descent as well. So, I mean, technically he has an option there. But what's his name? Cade Cowell. Cade, yeah, Cade Cowell. Yeah, he looked pretty impressive. Uh, his mullet, impressive. You know, my cousin Eric tried to pull off the mullet like that. Doesn't look as good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but Cade Cowell... I was impressed by what I saw. He came in as a sub, scored the goal, was attacking the entire time. A lot of good ideas, a lot of great technical work. So, could be a super uh, a future star on our hands. Yeah, uh, they definitely need it. Um, so, how impressed are you with Chicharon? Chicharito, Chicharito, dude, I'm loving it. It's it's a disgrace that Mexico didn't call him up for their Gold Cup. Yeah, what's going on, man? It's a lot of drama. 
you know, with the Mexican yeah. Federation, a lot of drama what else going is new? On, but what else is new, right? Yeah, pretty much. They need him, but I mean, especially in this day and age where he's uh, on fire right now, I think they deserve to call him up. But it is what it is. Uh, Jonathan and Efrain Alvarez are joining Mexico. They should be there for the friendly this week, so it's going to be interesting. And uh, yeah, we'll go into the Gold Cup a little bit later, but mm-hmm. a lot of things going on. Yep, and but uh, Chicharito sitting on top with ten goals. Uh, Rui Diaz with nine. So um, it's funny that uh, Sporting Kansas City actually has uh, Daniel Salawi at seven and Alan Pulido at six. So combined, if they were just one player, they'd be at the top. But they have a split. But two players in, in the top top five, that's pretty impressive. Um, but, yeah, freaking Chicharron, man. Yeah, no, he's definitely what doing good. What can I say? What can, can I say? What can and I Jose say? And Jose Martinez has, like, one goal, goal, I think. Uh, well, yeah, Joseph Martinez hasn't played since like week two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's tough right now. But talking about being impressive, dude, Minnesota United. I mean, we criticized their coach, Adrian Heath, constantly on here. We thought he was on the hot seat. We thought he was going to get chopped. And then what happens, dude? They're on a six-game unbeaten streak. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, they really turned it around, so... Uh, you know, and we just, if, if your team's struggling, let us know. We'll talk junk about them and then they'll start performing better. Apparently that's what it looks like keeps happening with, uh, every team that we talk junk about, but hey, I'm, let's talk junk about the Atlanta Hawks. So they play tonight and they need a oh win. Oh my goodness. <laughs> dude, no one cares about the NBA, dude. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but over the, those six games, Minnesota has, uh, beaten, I mean, they've drawn a couple, but they beat Vancouver. FC Dallas, tied FC Dallas, Real Salt Lake, beat Austin, and then beat Portland. So the only one that stands out to me is that Portland game. Um, so although they're unbeaten in six, how good is this team? Yeah, I mean, it's it's they just went on a streak, and that's what happens in MLS. You see it. Clubs look like they're dead or clubs are cruising, and they just hit a run of form where they, like, you know, they either – get a, a streak of wins or a streak of losses. Um, and we just saw Minnesota on a streak of wins and draws, no losses. And now, you know, they're um, 14 points of uh, fifth in the table in the West Con- uh, Western Conference. Um, and they were freaking, what, last or second to last uh, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But there's a lot of teams that aren't doing good, David. And I know we talked about Gabriel Heinton maybe being on the hot seat. But I think there's a lot of coaches on the hot seat. Vancouver, not doing good. Chicago, they finally scored some goals, but they ended up tying anyways. Toronto, and then obviously United. So my question to you is, which coach of those has the higher chance of being fired first, and why do you think that? And I'm I'm hoping that Chicago's woes continue because we play them coming up. <laughs> so they're the last place team in the East. So, I mean, if, if we lose against Chicago um, or get another draw, I mean, I <laughs> Heinz's collar is going to get, be getting pretty hot. Um, so Do I you guys have that, matching collars? Matching collars? You're so stupid. <laughs> um, honestly, I think with, with the with the payroll that Toronto has, I mean, for them to be on five points in second, tied for last in the East. Yeah, I, I think Chris Armas, it's hard. Uh, I guess Toronto being a bigger club, would probably get fired first, Chris Armors. But Chicago, I mean, they really hadn't done anything, not even, like, scoring many goals. Um, 
But yeah, it's crazy that three of those four teams that we mentioned are out of the East, right? Yeah, I mean the East. There's, uh, I mean it's 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 there. There's not a lot of teams except for, you know, the Revolution and Orlando that are really pulling away. There seems to be a lot of teams, um, like all packed together and. Um, yeah, and, and that goes for Miami too. I mean, you know, Gary Neville is probably going to be un, under the uh, gun too, considering you know Miami. It's David Beckham's inner Miami, and they're you know they're supposed to be a top team in MLS, and you know right now it's not looking like it. Yeah, no, I agree. The only reason I didn't mention inner Miami is because it's David Beckham's team. It's his, it's his boy, right? So it is his boy. Yeah, he's safe for a while, I think, until he he's like, I can't even protect you, man. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But I think just in, in relation to Atlanta, we're in tenth place on twelve points. Um, so if we win, you know, that puts us on fifteenth, and we we go all potentially all the way up to to fifth place. So I think you know, depending on what happens this weekend, I think we'll see what kind of pressure um, there, there's put on Heinzen. But you know how MLS is pretty forgiving. Um, so you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see MLS just cutting a coach that fast, um, even if it is a you know Atlanta United. Yeah, it's definitely crazy. I know we're we're speaking about a lot of things, um, but we'll see what's going on. Um, but one thing I wanted to mention is, since we're on the whole thing about Chicago Fire, is they've been potentially linked to Giovanni Dos Santos coming back to the MLS as their DP. I personally think that's a bad move in the sense of their DP. If he was just coming as a regular TAM player or, or, or GAM, that's fine. But as a DP, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's weird because it's like he's going to be – he wasn't a good DP for LA Galaxy, but he can be a good DP for them. Uh, Maybe just, I mean, I, just jersey sales, right? I mean, Chicago Fire is still a lot of Mexicans living there, so potentially just try and get them out to the games. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. If they're if they're pretty much, you know, saying we're gonna see what we can get out of this this season, we're probably not gonna be, you know, in the playoffs. So we might as well try to make as much money as possible. That that's the only thing I could see. I think he, if he plays in his natural position, I think he can still help a team, but definitely not. I wouldn't waste DP money on it. Yeah, and where was he playing before? He's with America, out on the Liga Mekis. Um so, yeah, we'll see what happens with Chicago. But, dude, FC Dallas, I kind of wanted to talk about them. They finally picked up a, their first win in a f- few weeks, um, and it had been a while. But they beat New England Revolution, which is obviously top of the Eastern Conference. They beat them 2-1. But the thing that stood out was the guy who scored the two goals for FC Dallas, Ricardo Pepe, or I think that's how you say it. Um, he's 18 years old, dude. Came out of their, their – he's a homegrown player. I mean, he's looking pretty good. So that could be one to keep our eyes on a uh, future U.S. men's national team player right there. And yeah. it's, I mean, I just wanted to mention it because FC Dallas is constantly producing players. Their academy is probably the best in the MLS. You know, Weston McKinney said it. They said uh, FC Dallas is the best academy in the country. Um, he's played there. You know, there's uh, Jesus Ferreira is coming from there. Um, so many players that. They're just constantly, constantly producing. But my question is, why can't they they produce the players and they go to Europe, but why can't their first team be quality? I have no idea, man. I think, uh, you know, maybe obviously they're producing good Americans, but maybe just because they're good Americans doesn't mean they're good overall. 
But, I mean, the, those players are going to Europe and competing at the highest levels. Or you I think they're know, just like, not producing enough, so their top talent's leaving, but they're not. there's none left over for the first team? Yeah, I think that's what it is. There's not enough holding it together. And then, obviously, you continue to bring in, you know, youngsters. You don't really have that veteran presence either. Yeah, and then there's something about it that, not trying to talk crap, they just don't get fans. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, they've been around for the longest time. They've had some success. They produce some players, and you just don't get fans in the stands. Dude, it's because they, they play, like, in somebody's uh, parking lot, like a Walmart parking lot, bro. Yeah, right. It's still better. Have you seen their stadium, dude? Yeah, it's tiny, but that's where the U.S. Soccer no, Hall of Fame being, is. It's not about it being tiny. It's the about U.S. The Soccer Hall of Fame. Dude. Hey, U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame is there, dude. It's got to count for something. Dude, it is. The stadium is in the middle of like an industrial park. It's Frisco, Texas, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it is what it is. Hopefully, they're able to continue. Um, I'm rooting for them in the sense that I like their coach. He came from their academy director. I'm hoping he's able to do something with them, but we'll see. There, he could be potentially on the hot seat as well. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, kind of uh, anything else you want to talk about in the MLS? No, I think we covered everything. Perfect, perfect. Time to move on to the NWSL, boy. All right, so in the NWSL and the U.S. Women's National Team, um, you know, a lot of games going on uh, this past weekend. Uh, One thing that stuck out to me is that Kansas City, NWSL, as they're being called because they're still shopping around for a name, they still don't have a win. In eight games, zero wins. I mean, a coach have to fire. I haven't won in eight games. It's not. It hasn't been impressive. That's your record, dude. Dude, my record is I don't win at all. <laughs> I believe in development of the players. I don't worry about winning. Um, yeah, I mean, not. Yeah, there's not winning is not a good look. Um, but at least our team won. Games, Gotham man. FC spanked. so that was good racing louisville picked up the dub nc courage won and houston dash won so it's getting uh you're starting to see the separation a little bit from from at least the bottom to the very top you know kansas city with two points at the bottom orlando pride sitting in first place with 15 points but from first to six is very very tight only five point difference yep yep and david tell them about the u.s uh women's national team yeah, I mean, we talked about it uh, last week's podcast, so they just have a ton of friendlies. So they got two coming up against Mexico. Uh, I mean, we obviously, it's, it's probably going to be the same same thing we continue to see. We're gearing up for the Olympics uh, that's going to be happening this summer. So um, go Team USA. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. It's a rivalry against Mexico, so it should be good. But, yeah. Um, no, that's not a rivalry. Well, it's supposed to be a rivalry, right? Yeah, have you seen anything about uh, you know Carly Lloyd trying to break into the team? No, I didn't. And, yeah, so there, there's just been some talks of saying that she might not uh, get get called up and hire her or whatever. That she's always gonna she steps up to the occasion. Interesting, interesting. Is it just because of age and they feel there's better players on uh, that can obviously provide yeah, a little bit more? I think so. And I mean, I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the amount of talent that the women's team has is always 
uh, you know, new faces coming in that, you know, are, are just are really good, you know? Yeah, that's something. Like, yeah, the Olympics start at the end of July. Um, says it takes place July 23rd. Yeah. Hey, imagine, though, because they said she'd be the oldest uh, person at the Olympics ever. Would you, would you take um, her just for the experience and kind of putting her there? Like, she's had a great career. Like, if you don't bring your best team... You're probably still gonna win it anyways, right? Well, you're gonna so win the like, group stage, but once you get to Spain and England and France, they're, they're gonna give you a game. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, going with your like A minus or even A or B plus is still like better than most people's, you know, A team. Just like kind of like Brazil when you compare it to a lot of other national teams from around the world. So like taking Carly Lloyd instead of another player. I don't think it's going to hurt you that much. And obviously you have the benefit of, you know, whatever she may bring to the table, you know, maybe they, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a time in the game where they they just need some direction into that veteran president. And she steps in and has a game changing moment. Who knows? Kind of similar to the whole Landon Donovan, right? In the 2014 World Cup. Oh, we need to talk about that freaking Jurgen Klinsmann, bro. Yeah. Hey, how do you leave off the best player that ever played for the national team and you call up, Wondolowski, bro. Wando. Wondolowski, and didn't they didn't they take like Brad Davis too? I don't remember, dude. It's way back I when. I think now. so. I think it was those two, and I was like, bro, you're telling me you're gonna leave off Landon Donovan for them to come on now? Yeah, that's all about hate, bro. Yeah, anyway, you need those leaders in the team. But Let's move on before I get heated. <laughs> so we're gonna move on, uh, David. Let's go into what kind of is a small little topic today americans abroad we're just going to speak about you know americans and the international squad so gold cup starts july 10th david i'm excited about it i know people are like what the hell is a gold cup it's a it's our championship here in north america including the caribbean teams and uh i can't wait for it to get started dude and hopefully we'll see guatemala in there yeah, it's way, way bigger than the Euros, so that's probably why you haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> you think the Euros and the Copa America have been great? Just wait till you see the CONCACAF Gold Cup. <laughs> yeah, wait till you see all the time-wasting taken to the next level. <laughs> dude. Uh, but nah, dude, I'm excited too. You know, we talked a little bit about this last week, how when the roster came out that um, the U- U.S. is using a mainly MLS uh, roster, a B kind of team if you want to call it something because a lot of the players play in Europe and the European season is going to start shortly with the team's going to show up for preseason um, but Mexico on the other hand they're they're bringing a pretty heavy team with a lot of the the same players we saw in the um, Nations League final uh, the Nations League final so it's going to be interesting to see interesting to see how that matches up um, if you know it, there could be a chance that the U.S. gets blown out by Mexico, they mean the final. Or shoot, the U.S. might not even make it to the final. Who knows? Um, you know, with just having that MLS-based roster. Um, but again, you know, there, there are some bright spots with MLS players. So it's not like completely like, oh, that's MLS and so they're going to lose. Um, but, you know, we got to see We got to see it for ourselves. Have faith, dude. Remember when the USA went on like a 15-game winning streak or 16-game? It was MLS-based rosters. Come on, dude. Yeah. Got to have some Would faith. play. Who they play? We play. We beat Netherlands, and I think we did tied like oh, yeah, remember, Germany, or we beat them that. too. I yeah. remember that, dude. It was um, a crazy, crazy year for us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right, Mijo. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna go over the groups once it's uh, finalized. Uh, 
there are three remaining teams that need to qualify. We mentioned that uh, Qatar is a guest, so there normally would be four. So there is um, a qualification round, and that's where we mentioned uh, Guatemala is going to play Guyana. Um, the games are in Fort Lauderdale at the Miami Stadium. Um, it's going to be one leg affair, so there's uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve teams right now. I and thought you were going to. But there's uh, there's twelve teams right now. Um, then it's going to go down to uh, six, another one leg series, and then those three teams will finish out the rest of the group. So um, I'll go over it really quick, super fast. Haiti against Saint Vincent and the Grenadines, Bermuda against Barbados, Guatemala against Guyana, Guadalupe. Guadalupe against Bahamas, Trinidad and Tobago against Montserrat, and Cuba against French Guiana. Or Gu- Guana? I don't know. It's a little bit, it's spelled a little bit different than Gu- Guiana. Um, so obviously, if Guatemala wins, they have to play against the winner between Guadalupe and uh, Bahamas. Dude, it's, it's pretty crazy that we're playing Guana when they're in South America. And there's many other, <laughs> there's other countries like that that are in South America. And the Conway Bowl is just like, nah, we're good. Like French Guiana, they're in South America. <laughs> Suriname, they're in South America. And I don't know why the Conway Bowl is like, nah, we're good, bro. <laughs> Go get out of here. Yeah. Go to the Concacaf. It, it's so weird. But, I mean, let's face it. If they were in Conway Bowl, they would get blown out by everybody. Yeah, I agree. But I thought the whole thing was to be, like, close. You're supposed to play in your region. Yeah, I think it's a level because you want to, like – Comfortable wants to express, you know, express this confidence of how good the region is. So if you got, you know, French Guyana and uh, Suriname, you know, you're just like they're like, what? You guys can't be that good when you got those countries in your in your region. So you guys can go hang out in Kokonkaf. But that's like Europe kicking out like all those teams and just be like, oh, go create another federation. Go to the Oceania. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, and, I, I mean, we talked about the Copa America, how they went from there's a 10-team tournament and they played all this all this soccer just to get eliminate two teams. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's uh, Yeah, it's pretty funny. And, I mean, if we're going to kind of go into the rest of the world, David, I'm going to go ahead and hit on Copa America anyways. So Copa America, like you said, they played tons and tons of, of football to kind of move, just get one team eliminated and the quarterfinals have been set. The team that were eliminated was David's prediction, Venezuela. Yeah. And then both of our predictions, Bolivia. Uh, He got lucky with Venezuela there. I'm a genius, dude. Yeah, right. Well, the quarterfinals matches, uh, quarterfinal matchups have been set. Uh, Two of these will take place on Friday and two of them on Saturday. The Friday games is Peru versus Paraguay. Brazil versus Chile. And then on Saturday, you have Uruguay versus Colombia. And Argentina versus Ecuador. David, who do you have going through on each of those games? Okay, well, I have Brazil and Argentina going through for sure. I know Chile, you know, they won it in 2015, 2017. And there's always that potential for an upset because they're a good team. But honestly, I haven't really been impressed with them so far. So I don't see that happening. Um, Peru and Paraguay. Man, Peru, they made it to the World Cup. But you know what? Paraguay has been looking pretty good. So I'm going to take... Uh, Miguel Almiron and Paraguay to go through, and Uruguay and Colombia. Mm. I mean, I think this was kind of a flip of a coin. I'm gonna go with Uruguay though. Yeah, dude, did you look at my notes before the show started? You got the same thing. Those are my same. Yeah, I was about to talk about how Paraguay's been playing actually some good football. Yeah, man, they have been. Hey, um, I'm gonna stop sending my notes, dude. He always looks at them and copies them. 
Hey, I just hack onto your computer and, and take your notes. Just don't look at my search history. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. I don't want to see any more gay porn. Oh, here we go. Here we go, David. <laughs> Going to get canceled, bro. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny because the last couple of games, uh, you know, I kind of lost a little bit of uh, the excitement and really the, the, you know, the round of 16 with the Euros um, have been pretty crazy. And we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but now that we're finally in the last eight, now this is where the games really get, um, you know, intense. And there's just there's so much pressure on the teams, especially for uh, Brasil and Argentina. You know, we don't have to we don't have to stress how how much pressure there's always going to be on Messi and Argentina to win anything. So, you know, if things end up being, you know, nil nil or one one in the 70th, 50 or 70th, 80th minute. Um, that's where things, you know, people start to uh, get kind of hot, you know? Yeah, I agree, dude. Do you think, like, well, just from a neutral perspective, obviously we are neutral, but I think the fans, and let's face it, Conmebol, we all know there's some little funny stuff that goes on. It's got to be Argentina versus Brazil, right, in the final? I hope so. I hope so. That would be awesome. But, I mean, based on what you've seen, uh, you know, I don't think you can say Brazil's kind of been cruising and Argentina struggled a little bit along the way. But by far, they still are the, the two best teams in the region. So you always want to see the best of the best go at it. Yeah, definitely. I hope I hope we see something like that um, because obviously you want to see Messi versus Neymar. So yeah. Should be an exciting one and hopefully it happens. Yeah, exactly, mijo. I'm excited. Uh, the games start uh, Friday, July 2nd, and the, the the other ones are Saturday, July 3rd. So can't wait. Mijo, you want to get into the Euros? Time to get into the Euros. It sounds like I'm saying Gyros, and that thing made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Fat ass. I know. Um, anyways, that's why we don't do the live, because we don't fit in the screens. Anyways, <laughs> um, the Euros, dude. I just, obviously, the round of 16s have been great, but, dude, yesterday, and by yesterday, I mean Monday, Monday's games were phenomenal, dude, like, crazy, crazy games, because they kind of set up the same way, right? I'm talking about the Spain game, um, and then I'm obviously talking about the Switzerland and France game, so, Spain played Croatia on Monday, and France played Switzerland, Spain was the first game, but it was crazy, because Croatia went up 1-0, and then Spain came back and went up 3-1. And then Croatia tied in, forced overtime, and Spain won, right? But yeah. France and Switzerland got, it kind of set up the same. Switzerland went up 1-0. Then France came back 3-1. And then it went into overtime. Obviously, the end result was a little bit different. But it's crazy because in the Switzerland game, when they were up 1-0, they got that PK, and you're like, all right, here we go, 2-0. They miss it. France goes up 3-1. You're like, game's over. But nah, dude, the Swiss, the Swiss said it's not over yet. And... uh <laughs> It was a great game, France. They used that Swiss Army knife. Pretty much, dude. France, time to go home. So no more Kings of Europe in the tournament and no more Champions of the World. Yeah. That's crazy. That's that's pretty crazy. Um yeah, those games were just is ridiculous. Uh you're not you 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 you're not really used to seeing that much openness in European soccer. So I think that's why it kinda caught everybody by surprise and you're like, what the heck is going on? Um but but either way, entertaining to watch. And, uh, man, that group of death that everybody was like, oh, my God, look at that. All the teams have been eliminated. Uh, you had the Netherlands going out to Czech Republic 2-0. You had Portugal going out 1-0 to Belgium. And then you just talk about France going out to Switzerland and PKs by a miss by uh, Mbappe. Um, 
It's always tough. You're a star player, man. And we know that's happened to Messi before, too. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the tournament he had. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy results. Um, yeah, man. And and, and I, I'm not going to take too much joy in it, but Frank DeBoer also with that loss in the round of 16, he has been let go of the Dutch national team. He says he quit. So, uh, <laughs> let's be, let's, yeah. let's give him some – keep his image, Joe. He quit. Yeah, yeah. And now and now it's rumored that he's going to be the coach of Barcelona. No, just yeah, kidding, pretty much, dude. <laughs> it's like – and now he's taking over PSG. Like, dude, <laughs> that guy's going to find another big-time job somewhere. He somehow always – I don't know, dude. He must be one heck of a car salesman to be like, <laughs> flip it around. I don't know, dude. It's crazy. But England – He's like, he's like, no, you don't understand – I've already lost this many times, so I'm due for my win. This is how my cycle <laughs> Mathematically, <works. laughs> statistically speaking, I'm going to win a championship next. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's been good. Obviously, today, England beat Germany. Um, England. It's coming home. Is it, it was, coming home, OB? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's uh, my prediction, man. I was wrong. I was right in the Copa America, but wrong now when Germany has been eliminated. That was my pick to, to win this tournament. Uh, who was your pick? Was it Italy? Uh, no, to be honest, I think I don't. I think might have been Spain or France. I don't remember. Now oh, my prediction is Italy. Here um, we go. Now look at this. Now he's changing. He's like, yeah, I think I chose like four or five teams. I don't remember. You're gonna have to go back on the podcast and listen to it. But it was definitely uh, not Italy because going into this tournament, um, I still had I hadn't watched Italian football like Italy play in a while and. Obviously, I only remember like their defensive qualities and kind of boring a watch, kind of like what England's doing right now. Um, but Italy has been phenomenal. They've been unbeaten, I think, in 32 games now. So, dude, they're on a tear. I'm hoping they're they're able to continue it up. Um, England looked good in the last 15 minutes of the game. They actually opened it up and started to attack. But the rest of the game, there was there's just no creativity from the English squad. Yeah, but I mean, it's also Germany, so. Um... You know, the Germany, I, I don't know what the stat is, but Germany has always beat England, like, every time they match up. So, this it's a big win for them. Um, oh, it was huge, dude. Did you see the atmosphere? Every time yeah. they scored, people were falling down the stairs, jumping all over everything. It was crazy. I saw people kissing, making out. wild. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they were going crazy. And, I mean, I don't know, how, you know, how much does uh, home field advantage really help uh, England in, the, in this tournament? You know, it's, it's kind of a... Somewhat of an unfair advantage, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, that's what UEFA wanted, and they gave it to them. So it is what it is. Yeah. Now yeah, it sets up right. the, the beautiful quarterfinals. Um, gets more and more down to it. I'm happy, but then I'm kind of sad because we're running out of uh, games, you know. Um, but in same thing, Friday and Saturday, just like the Copa America, except Friday, you know, the Euros, I mean, are in the morning, 9 a.m. and 12. So Friday... July 2nd, 9 a.m., Switzerland versus Spain. Later that day at noon, Belgium versus Italy. Then the next day, Czech Republic versus Denmark and Ukraine versus England. So, David, who do you have going through from all those four? And uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, Spain has just looked, I mean, they've just, they've, they're not doing as much meaningless possession football like they used to. They're actually scoring goals now, uh, and a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I got Spain over Switzerland. Um, it's too hard to go against Italy. Italy over Belgium. Um, I think the Czech, Czech Republic Denmark game, I think that's anybody's game. 
Um, I'm just going to pull for Denmark on that one. And then what, England is going to play Ukraine? Yes. You got to go with England. Man, England really? Shoot. That's why. That's what my buddy was saying. He said if England's able to get by Germany, it's a pretty clear road to the final. Um, so it's going to be cool. I got the same four teams moving on. Um, Belgium, I think they Poor were... Belgium, dude. <laughs> well, I think Belgium was okay, but Portugal... Let's be honest. In that Portugal game, I think Belgium got lucky. The ball just didn't go into the back of the net for Portugal. Um, yeah. So it is what it is. I think Czech Republic obviously pulled off a, a, a big surprise. But Denmark, dude, the way they're playing, and I, it could have been, you know, the whole Christian Eriksen thing, but they're playing with heart. They're playing some good football. I, I see Denmark going through, and it should be good, and can't wait for the final. Yeah, me neither, dude. Um, it's going to be Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Uh, oh, man, it's going to be a fun soccer field day. Yeah, definitely. Don't talk to me the whole day because that's all I'm going to be doing. <laughs> In your chonies, huh? In my chonies. <laughs> with a beer yeah um maybe we'll see can't afford it <laughs> yeah. um but the other top thing david in europe go ahead and tell them what uefa has done yeah some big news huge news and it's it's uh it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out when the first game happens but uefa is taking away the away goals rule um it has been in place since 1965 um, so for those of you that don't know um, you know, in the Champions League, you are home home if you want to call it that. And the away team, if they if there's a tiebreaker, whoever has uh, you know an away goal or more away goals, um, they 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 win the tie. So apparently, it's been debated for a while about going away with the uh, you know moving away from that, and they finally did it. So it's gonna um, happen in the uh, 2021-2022. Um, but the the main reason behind it is this, is that the the way goal has lost its original purpose, um, and it now it dissuades home teams from attacking because they fear of conceding a goal so much. Um, so now they're gonna go and not have an away goal. So that'll simplify things because I know sometimes we're watching the game and we're kind of doing the math, saying okay, if we score one goal and they score one, then blah blah blah. But so do you kind of like can, that? So at first I was like, okay, you know what? It makes sense because if you're a team and you go and you're playing, you know, let's say at Wembley, right? And most teams, if you come, you're just going to park the bus, right? And, you know, if you get a goal, great, you know. But the away goal for me I thought would be like, okay, it's 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 giving an incentive for the away team to go and score a goal and not park the bus. But in actuality, it never really did that because every time you see a game – a lot of away teams still park the bus, and then, yeah, they get one breakaway, and now the team that was attacking now is pretty much screwed because now, you know, they're hit with, like, a double whammy. So I, I've kind of changed my mind about it, and I kind of like now that they're doing away with this rule. I disagree. How do you feel about it? I don't like oh, it. Oh! Um, you're supposed to agree with everything I say. <laughs> I think, okay, calm down, Mr. American politician now. Um, hey. Uh, that's American politics. Agree with everything I say or get canceled so anyways you hate america <laughs> you hate america um so with the uefa goal i think it it was good to even if it wasn't the team wasn't coming out to attack to be able to play in somebody's environment and be able to walk away with the one nothing victory or a goal at least was phenomenal and i think it was something i really enjoyed um i didn't like the aspect of 
say the first game was 2-2 and the second game was 2-2, and then in overtime, the um, away goal would still count. You know, like say the away team scored and now yeah. the home team. I didn't like that aspect. So that was the one thing I would have adjusted. Just once it gets to overtime, get, like it's back to fair play, right? Because both teams had 90 minutes, and now I felt like it was an unfair advantage for the second game. Now they're getting an additional 30 minutes to score more away goals. Now, the whole I understand, you know, home teams are going to park. Well, their reasoning behind it is that home teams weren't coming out to attack a little bit for fear of away goal. But you're the home team, dude. If you're not coming out to attack at home, you're a little pun. And... Yeah, but yeah. we've seen it. We've seen it so many times that we we saw it with uh, uh, Spain and Poland that one one draw, right? Where they had like three or four times as many passes and three or four times as many shots. Where, yeah, you can say you should be attacking, but one breakaway and they score a goal, and now you got to go back to the return leg and have to score two goals because they have an away goal. And I think, yeah, you don't. I, you want teams to be attack or more attack minded. I think without having that away goal. It makes teams to be more free because they're they're not going to be hit twice as hard when there's like a counterattack. You know? The the teams the lower teams are not going to attack at all now, even on counterattacks unless it's clearly obvious they're going to send one person to try to score a goal, and they're just going to sit back now. I don't think so. I I, I do. think I think well, it's going to create I mean, more ha- boring games. I guess we'd have to go back to 1965. You're not going to have the magical twist that you've always seen, like that PSG Barcelona game. That thing was wild, dude. A lot of it comes from their away goals. I don't know. I think both home teams are going to be more loose, and I think we're going to see a lot more goals. But, again, like I mentioned, it's going to be tested out, so to speak. So I guess we'll get to see it next year, how it plays out. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I don't like it. Um, Hopefully, CONCACAF doesn't follow. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was like, you know, is everybody else going to follow suit? No, I don't think so. It might have to take like 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. Um, but yes, uh, and apparently the women have already been doing it in the in the Women's Champions League. So that's where they adopted that. Um, so, you know? David, go into your favorite moment of the week. Um, the, the beer moment of the week where I get to chug a week. Who else? But in my opinion, the best player in the world, maybe of all time. That's debatable. Messi, with, yeah. uh, with an assist and a goal. Walk me through this through the play, Obi. Yeah, so Messi against Bolivia. Um, the game wasn't totally meaningless, but Bolivia was basically out of the tournament. But Messi had a assist that was like, dude, blew your mind. Um, it's kind of hard to describe, dude. Like the type of ball that he played, it wasn't a simple through ball. It was at the top of the eighteen where he kind of like chipped it through to his uh, striker or the winger and the winger just caught it off the volley it's beautiful you're gonna have to check it out in the youtube link um and then he got a goal off of a pk um which for messi you know how hard it comes by to score on pks which is pretty crazy <laughs> so we're giving him the set of the week and for the dead of the week dead of the week we got two people uh spain goalkeeper obviously we've all seen that one uh he passed the ball back i don't know what this dude was doing if he looked somewhere else and yeah, they it almost cost them, right? Um, but luckily for them, Spain ended up bouncing back. And then we got to give another dud of the week to Mbappe. Sorry to say, but when you're reserved the fifth penalty spot, you're supposed to be Mr. Clutch, and he just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean that that, that sucks uh, for anybody that's in that position. 
Um, that's why I never wanted to take PKs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were never on the field to take them anyway. Oh, dude, you probably saved one PK in your entire life. I'm three for three when competitive games. You've, you've only you've only had to face three penalties. Yeah, competitive games. Yeah, like in the like not just a shootout. I'm not. You don't count shootouts, bro. How can how many games are you playing? How could there only be three PKs that you had to go up against? When I count them, it's more uh, the college game, dude, not Sunday league. I know, but still, well, okay. What do you what you think your team just constantly commits fouls or what? <laughs> hey, bro, you play California. There should be penalties left and right. You got to think about it. The college game is maybe fifteen yeah, to twenty yeah. games. You know. So then you, you multiply that by three or four years, and you, it's not really like you're getting a whole lot of games in. You're playing a lot in the spring, but they're more friendlies. I got you. All these games are a little bit different, dude. Um, but anyways, it's been a great show, David. Um, yeah, it's been great. It's been great chatting <laughs> with you. It's been great. Come back and see you late. Come on, we're <laughs> going to come up with a theme song. <laughs> Um, but no, guys, yeah. thank you guys for joining us. It's been good. Um, obviously, this week we got more MLS games. We got more Copa America, and we got the Euros coming to an end. So it's definitely a lot of games coming up. Make sure you guys stay tuned and submit your questions to us. Yeah, tontitos. <laughs> let us know what you guys think. Hey, David, should we let him in on some exciting news? Sure. What, we is, might, what is it? We might start uh, bringing on some fun little guests, you know, from time to time. So be on the lookout. If you, Little? And, uh, Are we bringing in short people? We're bringing in short people, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys, like, subscribe, share it. Um, our Facebook page is, is more than just a podcast. There's a lot of good articles about soccer all around the world. Um, our our uh, social media manager, Ro, does a really great job of posting those. So uh, be on the lookout, man, and, and, and invite your friends. Invite your other tontitos. <laughs> yep. Thank you, guys. As always, have a great week. Peace. It's been real. It's been fun. But it hasn't been real fun. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check us out weekly. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out via email or on any of our social media platforms. Bye. Have a good week.